0: Facing a crisis in your life or business, take the helm and steer yourself in the right direction. It's time to take charge and make things happen with your host, Lynn McLaughlin. Good
1: day, everyone. I really have no words to express what's going to happen in the next half hour or 45 minutes because our guest today, Jackie Simmons and I, and for all of you, have so much to talk about. <laughs> uh, Jackie's a radio show host. She's a uh, she's a TEDx speaker. We're going to hear all about that soon. She's an advocate. She's our advocate for a better life. Thank you, Jackie, for joining us from uh, Florida in the United States.
0: Thank you, Lynn. I really appreciate it. This is such well, it's a lot of fun, and it's really an honor. Um, I love so much what you've been doing. So I'm grateful to be here. Thank you.
1: Oh my goodness, Jackie. I mean, just in preparation for this, you have, oh my, you just have so much experience and so much happening. It was really hard for me to hone in on it. I mean, our conversations to prep were certainly uh, worth it, but um, we're certainly helpful, sorry. Let's jump into the Suicide Prevention Society that you are huge, if not the actual creator.
0: Well, I co-created. So I am am the co-founder of the Teen Suicide Prevention Society. I co-founded it with my daughters. And this all came out of something that I cannot take credit for. It was August the 3rd. 2019 and my middle daughter Stephanie was preparing to give a talk a seven minute message that matters and she was one of the 12 speakers I had trained for this event you know the morning of the event was sunny and already hot by the time we got there the hotel was on the outskirts of Sarasota Florida Stephanie was looking amazing. You know, she was nervous. She was getting into that nervous, excited state you get into right before you give a talk. And amazing, she had dark blouse, a flowery skirt, her hair was pulled back in combs. I'm super proud of my daughter. You know, the audience settled in. Oh my God, everything worked that morning. The videographer was set, the microphones worked. It was great. And Stephanie was first up. So the lights dimmed. Everyone, help me welcome Stephanie Ashton. She confidently walked to the front of the room and shook my hand. And she started. Over 3,000 American teenagers will take attempt to take their own lives today. In the back of the room, I was kind of stunned, twice. First, because I had no idea the number was that high. Mm-hmm. And second, because I had no idea suicide was her topic. She continued, when I was 14, after a bad day of shopping, I stood in my bathroom. The pain of not fitting into any clothes was just more proof that I didn't fit in anywhere. That pain was more than I could bear. Took a razor and and cut into my left arm, trying to end the pain and my life. The blood just drained at Stephanie's big reveal. I just went totally, totally pale.
1: Mm.
0: Stephanie kept talking. Yep. It wasn't my only attempt. There were others, and mom and I never, outside of professional help, I've never really talked about it with anybody, especially not with mom. Mom and I talked around it, but not about it. You know, it was too awkward, too painful. Mom and I talked about other things. We had the talk about sex. And mom and I had the talk about drugs and we had the talk about alcohol. And then I went to college on a dry campus. That means the kegs were hidden in the showers of the girls' dorm, but we didn't talk about suicide. In the back of the room, I went from pale to bone cold when I realized the struggles that she had faced alone because I didn't have the courage to talk about it. The talk about suicide is the talk that we most need to have and the one we're most likely to avoid, Lynn. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Stephanie ended her talk with, On my suicide avoidant journey, I've learned tons of coping skills. And now I want to help teens learn these skills before they need them. The audience gave her a standing ovation. Some of them rushed up to hug her and thank her for being so willing and so brave. In the back of the room, I was frozen. I was totally torn, you know, between pride for her bravery and guilt and shame for my cowardice. And then it hit me, 3,000 teens attempt to take their own lives every day. This means 6,000 parents start to live the guilt nightmare that I'd lived. Lynn, this means over 20,000 grandparents, aunts, uncles, brothers, and sisters start to live the guilt nightmare. And that means hundreds of thousands of classmates, teachers, boyfriends, girlfriends, and neighbors start to live the guilt nightmare that I'd lived, probably all just as blindsided by it as I had been. And then I wondered, what if Stephanie was right? What if the key to stopping teen suicide was as simple as having the talk about suicide before we think they need it, before our kids are struggling with suicidal thoughts? Simple. So simple and obvious that professionals have tripped over it you know, simple and obvious, you know, like when they finally put wheels on luggage or put ketchup in bottles that you could squeeze, Yeah, you know, simple. What happened after the event? Stephanie and I decided to work together. That's how the Teen Suicide Prevention Society got started. I mean, who knew that was possible that we would work together? Her other sisters have joined in, My oldest daughter is now doing all of my tech support. She does all the tech support at my summits, which you know I hold every two months. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what can happen. But the real miracle is that we started teaching how to have the talk about suicide before parents think their kids are at risk. And the talk is actually a short science-based script It's four parts, and it's designed to work the way a teen's brain really works. It's also completely designed to keep parents out of the guilt nightmare.
1: I wish we had that talk many years ago when I would have needed it. (laughs) I'm just going to jump in here, Jackie, because I mean, I have goosebumps and I'm sure our listeners, many of them have goosebumps. We're parents, we're grandparents, we're brothers, we're sisters, we're all, you know, all of those relatives. And it's touched all of us in some way. Myself and you and I have spoken openly about this. My daughter uh, two years ago was in the worst and the worst of the worst place. And I listened to what you're saying about having that guilt. I felt it. I understand what you're saying. I think there are hundreds of thousands of us listening right now that understand what you're saying. And look where it's taken you. And, and that's only a short time ago, right, Jackie? How long ago was that? She took that stage and delivered her talk on August the 3rd, 2019. 2019. You did say that. Okay. So a year and a half ago. And yeah. you've impacted so many people since then. So let's go on to the society and, and what's yeah. happening now. What, how's it working? I am super excited because we have decided where
0: we stand. And where we stand is that suicide among teens is not about intervention. If you want to get ahead of this, it's, you can't wait until there are signs. Mm. It's about having the talk before they need it. Proactive, put yourself in. Absolutely proactive. So we've created two training programs. One is for people who want to be suicide prevention advocates out in the world. Mm. and the other is the one that we're just launching which is about mindset magic. And part of that is having the talk with having the talk the four step script before you think they need it but surrounding that with all of the tools because here's what I didn't know. I knew that there was this list of things at the center for disease control, you know, the signs. Yeah but nobody told me to go there before my kid tried to, tell, tried to take her own life. I mean, it was there, yeah, so I don't need a suicide prevention thing. I don't need to go there. Yeah, and the reality is we all need to be going there. So what we've done is put together the top suicide risk indicators and the top suicide risk mitigators into one program, And because it's my program, we focus on the mitigators. I mean, you need to know the indicators, but the mitigators are where the fun is because it's pure prevention. And we have a lot of fun. We help people get to know, like, and trust themselves. And then they can help other people get to know, like, and trust themselves. What we've found is that when you can raise your KLT, your know, like, and trust factor, just a little bit, you're backing yourself further away from an edge you might not even know you were near. Ah. So that's what we're doing with the society. And the other thing we're doing is gathering real time data. We're gathering real time data so that we can start petitioning the government to fund more pure prevention problems we need intervention. We need suicide prevention hotlines. There is no doubt. We need all the mental health and mental and emotional resiliency programs we can get for people who know they're at risk. But guess what? If we could get mental and emotional resiliency programs to people who don't need them before they need them, (laughs) they'll never need them. Right. Right. And that's our goal. Our goal is to make, this is our mission statement, We're here because we believe suicide, especially teen suicide, can become a thing of the past. Yeah. That's what we're about. Mm-hmm. so people can now join the society it's it's not the most gorgeous landing page up but it is up and it's simply teensuicidepreventionsociety.com totally free to join and we will start
1: giving you these resources and then inviting you into our classes and it's global and it's around the world can, can we go back to your four steps in the conversation would you outline what they what they are jackie
0: oh absolutely love to okay super simple And anybody who wants to know why this works to flip their brain, I'm happy to have that conversation. All you need are four questions. It starts with step one. Invite your teen to talk one-on-one and ask, have you heard about the rise in teen suicides? That's step one. Step two, ask, do you have a friend who's tried or died. Parents, ask, you will will probably be shocked. These are very neutral worded questions for a reason, but you might need to take a deep breath so that you can just listen without judging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Step (laughs) three, ask, have you ever thought of leaving that way? It's a neutral question. I love the way that's phrased, Jackie. I love that. It's incredibly precise. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's a coach in the audience is going, those were three closed-ended questions. And I'm like, don't freak out. <laughs> it's that way for a reason. We're pulling the emotions down into this point. And if you understand that Freud said suicidal thoughts are normal, you can relax, peeps. Just because they had a thought does not mean they are, quote, suicidal. Suicidal. It means their brain, their problem solving, worst case scenario, part of their brain is functioning the way it's supposed to. But here's the kicker. You got step one, have you heard about the rise in teen suicides? Step two, do you have a friend who's tried or died? Step three, have you ever thought of leaving that way? Step four, why stay? Tell me your reasons for staying and then ask what else. Keep them talking about their reasons for staying. What you're doing in that moment is anchoring them in their reasons for staying. And it works, it actually impacts the brain of both of you, both the teen and the adult. Mm.
1: You, you make it sound so simple. <laughs> I mean, those four questions are not complex um, questions. I guess it's really putting ourselves in the position to have the guts to do it. And I would think, Jackie, the first, once we've done it the first time and that conversation is then opened up, it becomes easier and easier and easier. Just like anything we do as parents, that is that, ooh, that tough first step. It is. And so
0: getting a support community around you so that you can actually have that conversation that's part of what the society does. You know, just, again, the society is free to join. Mm-hmm. So you join, we start sending you the resources so that you can have the suicide risk indicators. You can have the suicide risk mitigators. You can get the know, like, and trust factor assessment for yourself, and you can do it with your child so that you're already starting to open up the dialogue by sharing the exercise of the KLT factor. And then we send you the script and there's a community. I mean, this is an online community that we will support you and nurture you through this. We have trained suicide prevention advocates who are in the group and they will be there to support you, to help you have the backbone, to invite them into the conversation. Now, granted, if you think that your kid is at risk, you don't invite them into the conversation. You have the talk. With them. Okay, this is on parents. If you've got any doubts whatsoever, you have the talk. But now I have to give everybody a caveat. Part of the reason the script is designed the way it is is because it will absolutely tell you when you need to intervene. And here's how it does that if your kid has thoughts of leaving and doesn't have any reasons for staying, mm-hmm. you stay with them and yeah. call 911. They'll hate you for it, and you just might save their life. Mm -hmm. So don't ignore this. But, But anything other than that combination of thoughts of leaving and no reasons for staying, anything other than that, you're not at extreme risk. You are just having a conversation,
1: and just having the conversation dials down whatever risk level they were. And if you determine they're at risk, so calling 911 is one option, Walking, taking them to a crisis intervention center, to the emergency room, those are other options. This is not a time for, uh, to, to call kids helpline or any of those other things. This no, is, when you, you have, have this conversation and you have this result, your kid is
0: at risk, mm-hmm. you have two choices. If they were drowning, you wouldn't pick up the phone and phone a friend. Okay, in this case, that's what it feels like. See, not only am I the mom of a suicidal child, I survived two bouts of depression in my adulthood. It was the need that I had to find a permanent cure for myself that drove me to spend 30 years in the stress management industry. That's my background. And so because of that background, when it came to, okay, we're going to do something about these teen suicide rates, we are absolutely, I could not sleep. And when you, something wakes you up every day, you know, it you got to do something about you it. Have you, have yeah. Yeah. you have to listen. Yeah. You have to listen. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I came into this kicking and screaming. Oh my God. It took me a year before I could say the word suicide. I kept trying to use any other language. Our first project is the Make It a Great Day, The Choice is Yours book. Now granted, 20 of my friends got together. We wrote a bunch of inspirational stories for teens and we published that book in weeks. And it's not what was needed. We thought it would help open the conversation. We took and went into the high schools and the teens got a book for them and a book for a friend. I mean, it was a, Somebody bought one book, we gave two to teens. It was totally a flow-through project. But that's not where the problem is. The problem is the parents and the adults who don't know that they need to have the talk. They don't know how to have the talk. And they will do anything and everything to avoid the thought that their child is at risk. And trust me, I get it. So do I. So avoiding the talk could be deadly. Silence on this topic is deadly. In my TEDx talk, I explain that after Stephanie started getting professional help, I sold myself on the idea that as long as she was getting professional help, we didn't need to talk about it. Mm. After all, why bring that up again?
1: heaven forbid, I should put that thought back into her head. What a crock. What a crock. Absolutely. I know that as well through my own training. Oh, yes, that's a crock. What a crock.
0: The thoughts are there. Suicide is a naturally occurring thought in our worst case scenario brain. There's nothing wrong with the thought. The challenge is when you're afraid to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, the Center for Disease Control states that the difficulty not talking about suicide is in and of itself a risk factor for suicide.
1: Well, there's, there's the old myth out there, right? That if we mention it, then they're going to go ahead and take their lives, which is it again, I'll use your word, a crock. Okay? <laughs> oh, it's a crock. And, yeah. and, and the opposite is true. When we can
0: normalize the talk about suicide, where we can accept the fact that the brain goes in and out of different states. Our emotions are designed to fluctuate. When you're stuck in any emotion, that's letting you know that something's wonky in your system. So we're supposed to be fluid. So don't be afraid of the talk. Take some deep breaths. And get yourself some mindset training. Got a gift for everybody if you, um, we can do that so that you can... Get yourself something that's going to allow you to be calm and confident. And if you struggle with calm and confidence, come into the society, because that's where you get all the gifts. (laughs) We got your back there. Because suicide prevention is an everybody issue. Yeah, as you said, Lynn, we've all been touched by it. Mm -hmm. It's an everybody issue.
1: Well, we'll share all of the information and the links in the show notes so people can access it. And at the end, we'll go over it again. But I want to go to your TEDx talk now. It's about to go live. I I know you recorded in January and you don't want to give too much away. What can you tell us about, about TEDx?
0: I can tell you that the TEDx experience will grow you like nothing else will. Three weeks before I took the stage, I hated my script and I reached out to a friend who had been a TEDx organizer in the past and we took and pruned everything off down to the bare trunk of my talk and rebuilt it and I could not have done that if I didn't have a lot of mental and emotional support in my world I use training tools yeah I mean Trust me, you never outgrow these toys. When it comes to mental and emotional resilience, you don't ever grow out, outgrow these toys. So the TEDx talk is some of what you've already heard today. But what you heard today picked up in the middle with Stephanie on stage. My TEDx talk, I actually did something I never, ever, ever thought I would do. When Roger Killen, the TEDx organizer that I asked to coach me, he said, Jackie, you went from tactical to vulnerable to get this far. Now you're going to have to go from vulnerable to naked. And you're going to have to share the story. Mm. And what's really, really hard for me to admit is that I don't know the story. I didn't remember the story. For me, it was just a normal day, until it wasn't. Right. And he said, "Well, can you ask your daughter?" Now we've been working together in the Teen Suicide Prevention Society. You'd have think we'd have had this all talked out by now. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, I guess I could ask my daughter. And I called her up, and I just, Stephanie. I don't remember that day. And she started laughing. And she said, Mama, it was the shopping. And so she told me her memory of that day. And even though she had, you know, in her talk, I had heard her say that I hadn't remembered what that day was like. And it was really interesting. Um, I got to give a lot of credit to my support team because when I took the stage, I was really calm. I knew my talk. It's not that I memorized it. I never recommend anybody memorize a talk, especially not for that stage. But I knew my talk. I knew my story. And it was my story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what has come out of that is this growing awareness that this story could save a life, if I can get it to where people can hear it. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing. I thought that after the stage I was done, what I found out is that it's after the stage that you get to really work with the organizer. You get to discover what publicity looks like, what TEDx views really are, the difference between paid traffic which is numbers, it's quantity, but not quality. And your friends and family who will actually go watch the talk, comment on it and share it. And those are the three steps that if I can get a thousand people to go and watch it, comment on it and share it, then we'll get to 10,000 views. And that's when Ted starts to notice a talk.
1: Well, let's help you out here. So where... All of our listeners and our viewers, when can we go look for it and where can we find it? All right. Two things.
0: One is when is apparently the first week in April. They have not given me an exact date yet. Just a couple of weeks away, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Where is um, going to be on the TEDx website? So, TED.com slash TEDx. How do you find out about it? How do you become involved in this? Well, two ways. One, you could join the Teen Suicide Prevention Society because I'll be letting everybody over there know. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be involved, if you want to learn what it's like behind the scenes, I've actually got a Facebook group called Make It Make a Difference Book Launch Lounge. Because when we get books that make a difference, we like to help launch those. And so we have a group that's involved in this. And you can join that group on Facebook. And then, you know, be part of this because, you know, press releases are going to be drafted and I'm you know, being interviewed by you
1: and I so appreciate it. Jackie, let's jump into your suicide prevention show. The show. Yes. Let me tell you what,
0: when it comes to this, it's a summit. It's two days. 12 speakers each day, we lay down 24 hours of high quality content because your longest day, your worst day only has 24 hours in it. And then we put that content up on a YouTube channel and it's called the suicide prevention movement. I like consistency and simplicity. So the, that's where people can go and look at past episodes. The newest ones are in post-production right now. The suicide prevention show is a little different. Why? Because well, we get that suicide is serious, we believe suicide prevention can be seriously fun. So no topic is off the table. We spend most of our time in level one, which is there's no risk. We're talking about what makes your life better. What makes your business better? What makes your life better? I've had experts on building tribes online. I've had experts on, well, geez, I was gonna say near about everything. There are a few topics we haven't tackled yet, but when it comes to that middle ground between Suicide's not even on the horizon. It's not in your awareness at all. And extreme risk where you need intervention at the 911 acute level. There's this whole middle ground we call level two. This is when someone is not right, but not completely wrong. You know, their, their behaviors are changing. They're not taking joy in the things they used to take joy in. They're dealing with the COVID compression. Where the pressure of this last year has started to expose that they've got some cracks and they don't know what to do about it. So this is this at-risk area where there's conditional intervention is all that's needed. This is where the four-step conversation is brilliant. Because on the outside, all you see is the cocoon. On the inside, you don't know somebody's been Mm crushed, And that's why we have all of these different ways of breaking the silence, having the talk.
1: That's what it's about. You also, we've talked about emotional um, Teflon and becoming genuine with emotional intelligence certificates. Um, Is that connected to your new course that's coming up called Ultimate Mindset Magic?
0: Ultimate Mindset Magic has roots in all of them. So let's take it and and give you the global first. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Ultimate Mindset Magic is a one-day course where we are actually certifying anybody to be able to do some mindset magic with their friends and family. It is so much fun to be able to do magic and nothing is faster than being able to just go through this really in-depth but lighthearted. And so that's the ultimate mindset magic. Now, what's really funny is that two key pieces are totally free resources, okay? These are things that anybody can grab anytime. One is emotional Teflon. This is like vision boards on steroids. (laughs) Yes, I saw that description, I love it. (laughs) Oh my God, It it is what I was watching and using before I took my TEDx stage. It is a mindset reset that, bar none, is is the best I've ever found, and it takes three minutes a day, and the effects last for six to eight hours. So, you know, you can watch it as much as you want. The other is it becoming genuine, and these are the people who have done neurogamification of emotional intelligence training for ages three and up. Imagine being able to start your kid out with emotional intelligence before they get to school, Mm. before they're exposed to the world. And they do free gameplay online. So yes, you can buy the physical cards and they've got card decks through all ages, including tarot style cards and sports decks and cards about empathy. They are really out to cure some ills of the world like racism. Mm -hmm. through emotional intelligence training. And they've got it down to where the kids can play it. I get online with my grandsons twice a week Uh and do this with a tutor. They provide free tutoring environment online five times a week. So the fact that these programs are out there and they're not marketed well, there's not been a huge budget. There's not been a lot of support in the world except in the people who grasp positive psychology. When you understand that you can actually take control of what's happening behind your eyes and between your ears, your life then becomes under your control. Even if the world around you is falling apart, it doesn't matter. You don't. That's called resiliency. And that's what these tools are for. And then that's what the courses are for. And that's what the society is for. So we want everyone to become members, card carrying members of the teen suicide prevention society. Because when you do, you're making a statement in the world that says, I am not afraid
1: to talk about it. Uh, I love it. I love it, Jackie. I just, want, I just want to jump in about how powerful it is in terms of the proactive piece. So, you know, someone who's been diagnosed with a mental illness, who's really, really struggling, who could have suicidal ideations, who could be at the 911 stage, we're recommending all these types of therapies and obviously they're needed, but to think about if we're starting and helping children with EQ at the age of three. And a lot of schools are doing emotional vocabulary and those kinds of things now. Mm -hmm. We may never, those children aren't, well, they're not. They're not going to be looking at having to do CBD training and all those kinds of things because they're already going to have the tools, right? They're not going to be near the edge. No, that's right. They'll never go near the edge. I love that. Mm
0: -hmm. This is my daughter's legacy. To have, to teach the skills before they need it, was her dream at the end of her talk, August 3rd, 2019. Those words kept resonating until we could figure it out. And now we've had 60 people come through the suicide prevention advocate training where they can have the bigger conversation and and with people in the world. And again, it's a preventative conversation. It's not an interventive conversation. it's probably the greatest use of all of the sales training that I've taken and delivered and over the course of my professional career, yeah. because I took basics of sales training and, it, and put the whole framework into that mm-hmm. so that it could be spread easily. You know, it's the you tell two friends and they tell two friends. It is just that
1: simple. Well, we want to help you, Jackie, and look at the number of people you've impacted. So I'm so thrilled to have you here with us today. We want to help you spread the word. Everyone share and share and share this podcast episode. Join the Suicide Prevention Society. Get all of those free tools and just open up your minds to the possibilities of being proactive, whether or not you're a mom, a father, a brother, a sister, someone in your life, somewhere down the road is going to need intervention. So let's be proactive (laughs) and slow down that trend. And I love the mission, Jackie, that you've got with the Suicide Prevention uh, Society, which is to uh, make suicide a thing of the past, especially teen suicide. That's it,
0: exactly. Our mission statement became really, really clear. And for me, tackling something that I knew I could not do alone put a big light on an area of my life that I didn't realize I had a gap in. It was that I had been a solopreneur for so long that I had become kind of a lone wolf. And I didn't realize that I was missing a sense of community that could support me. I had groups I belonged to, but not one of them felt to me like I could lean on it. Mm. And now, Everywhere I turn, Lynn, I'm meeting people like you and the emotion, the emotional support that I feel now makes the journey worthwhile because I can tell the difference. And for anybody who's struggling with that sense of separateness, don't stop looking for your tribe. Mm -hmm. come in ask around for who's doing what that resonates with you please come in don't wait we want you to stay we need you more than
1: you know well and I think we need you and your society and all the work that you're doing I I go back Jackie to oh my gosh um two three years ago now it, it all becomes a blur when it become you know, when you're living in it in, in that yeah. horrific time, when I think about what I could have done differently, and I know we should never live in should have, could have, would have. So going forward for my grandbabies, for my great nephews, for my great nieces, I will be sharing with all, all of them how to be proactive and have the conversation. So they don't end up having regrets like I do today as a parent. There's such
0: a, as getting to a moment where you go, what am I supposed to do with this? Mm,
1: How true. Mm -hmm.
0: So the value of the conversation and the power of bringing a community together. Now that I have found so many communities that are supporting me, now I feel like I can create a community that supports others in a bigger way. And that's why now we're launching the society in a bigger way.
1: Well, and we're here to help you. You've got another summit coming up in April. Maybe we should talk about okay. that as well. All
0: right. The summit is the suicide prevention show. The registration page is up the suicidepreventionshow.com. You can see all the speakers from the last summit, but you can't see who's coming next. Um, The people showing up are amazing. Last summit, I got to interview one of my legends, uh, Les Brown. He's Mm -hmm. like the father of motivational and leadership speaking. And so for him to put us on his schedule was something really special. Well, and, and I had the
1: pleasure, Jackie, of um, attending many or listening to many of of those sessions, and I was in awe. Um, you started early in the morning, and you were going till ten o'clock at night. The speakers are not; it's not just a a, a nine to four thing, really. It's continuous and it's ongoing. And the energy of you, you know, you were bang on with the questions and the answers <laughs> and the engagement. It was just like I thought. Oh, how does she do this? <laughs> and here you're going to do it again in April, every two months. So, every, every two
0: months, because. Yep. I'm going to keep doing it every two months until we are ahead of this curve. Suicide ideation among American young adults is now at over 25%, according to the Center for Disease Control. That's double what it was two years ago. Mm -hmm. That's a trend that has to end.
1: Well, and I would, uh, I would uh, mirror that Um, the Center for Addictions and Mental Health, which is our largest teaching hospital in Canada, did a survey at the beginning of COVID. And, you know, we could talk about COVID and all of the implications, but the reality is the number of people who are contemplating suicide and actually have a plan has grown. But what's even more concerning is of the people who said they're thinking that way, 48% of them saying, are saying, oh, I don't need any help. And so this is what is true. What is true is
0: that we don't know that we need help. And it's called a negative echo chamber in the mind. When you've got a thought and you're trying not to think about it, it's like you don't think about an elephant.
1: Mm.
0: It's doubling down. And so when you got a thought that you don't wanna think about, that you're afraid of, you're actually telling your subconscious mind that it's important. The more you struggle to suppress the thought, the more your subconscious mind believes that it's important to you. So your subconscious mind begins to make a plan to get you what you want. This is the law of attraction in action, people. This is how your brain is designed to work. It doesn't matter whether it's positive or negative, it matters are you putting energy into it. The more you try to suppress it, the bigger the plan becomes and then, all it takes is opportunity to cross a subconscious plan and you're dead before your conscious brain can hit pause, especially if you're a teen, because mm-hmm. the prefrontal cortex isn't built out yet. So you don't have a pause button. We got six-year-olds throwing themselves in front of cars. This is not going to end until we stop pretending that it's not happening.
1: So if I just hone in on anxiety alone, uh, Jackie, um, we know the stats are all out there and stats. I hate that word because we're talking about individual people here. It is on the increase. We have day treatment centers for young children, four years old who have anxiety, you know, um, it's real. Anybody who says it isn't needs to just open up their eyes. I love what we're talking about in terms of being proactive. Let's get to the three-year-olds. Let's start to play those games and, uh, and move us into a place where, as you said, suicide becomes a thing of the past. Suicide prevention is fun. Pure prevention is easy. Start now and you'll never need any of those other resources. Start with the games. Start with the things you can play with. It's fun. And we can find all of those at the Suicide Prevention Society. Oh, Jackie, I thank you so much for joining us with all of your wisdom today. What's your closing uh, piece of advice for us, Jackie? Stay. That's brilliant. Okay, so in tandem, I'm going to join right beside you. Let's say it together, everyone. Stay. 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 We need you
0: more than you know. It's beautiful.
1: And on that note, everyone, have a healthy and a safe day.
0: Thanks for listening. To learn more from people who are steering in the right direction, go to lynnmclaughlin.com and search the archives of every interview or subscribe to this podcast feed. A new episode is published every Wednesday